1: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
2: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
1: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of
2: L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Yeah. I like Wani. I think I maybe you do, but man, was he a disaster. As the I don't coach think that's right? fair, Jason. I don't think
3: what you're doing is fair. And disaster of, as coach of the Dolphins. Now, Tony likes all these guys. That's because you're that's because you're so you're always you like the big names, Tony.
1: I mean, but like
2: I, I, You were success. getting you got Tim Floyd on some show last year. Yeah. Tim Floyd, are you kidding me? Yeah. I actually think Wani is good at what he does as an analyst. Like he's a way better analyst than he was a coach. And like yeah. I like Wani. You know how many
1: examples team. of great athletes and great like that were horrible coaches and horrible analysts? Yeah like bad. it's way more it's way more that versus people that were poor at the thing that were better analysts and, and and better coaches like it's not even close i can't even name a great like what larry bird is like the only one who else was great michael jordan has been horrible magic johnson yeah. was horrible chris weber was bad isaiah was bad like vince carter is you know, pretty good i don't yeah, want any great good, I, I don't want any great athlete wow. doing anything for me Doc Steve
2: Ryan. Nash
3: is a great coach as long as you give him the three best scorers of all time.
2: You know, it's funny. I forget that Steve Nash is the coach of the Nets. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Bleacher reporting, uh, Bleacher reports Champions League correspondent Steve Nash slash coach of the Brooklyn Nets.
3: Like, Russ, I think their players sometimes forget he's the coach,
2: and 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 I really like Steve Nash, and, and I don't yeah. want that to come off disrespect, but it's like. I'm like, well, oh, dude. damn, that's Steve Nash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well-dressed Steve Nash, but it's just like, I don't think of Steve, Steve Nash when I think of KD and Harden and, and Kyrie and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. Like, it's the last thing on my mind. Like, when you think, you, about know, the 76ers, you think about Doc, right? Even though that's his first year with that team, but you don't even think about Steve at all.
3: Welcome, everybody, to Sports Adjacent. <laughs> Glad to have you. I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host, Russ Dorsey. We are very happy to have Cam Ellis from The Score in with us today.
4: Thanks for having me, guys.
3: I'm excited to have Cam over, Adding to the crew for a week. Happy to have Cam. Uh, This show, as always, is brought to you by Obvious Shirts. Very glad to be in business with them. Russ, I was looking at uh, their website today, and I saw they have some Chicago Red Stars stuff. I know they just Mm -hmm. got started. You can get uh, you can get one that says women belong in sports. You can also get one that says the Chicago Red Stars are my favorite team. Light blue T-shirts with red print. Really good look. Um, And the best thing is that you can get 10 percent off of your order and free shipping at Obvious Shirts. If you use our promo code adjacent 10. Absolutely. And uh, very soon, we hope we are going to have our own
2: shirts over there. Russ. There was a uh, communication thing. So for all those who were asking and wondering why the shirts aren't there, <laughs> <that's> what happened? <laughs> Did we, we jump the gun? weekly check in about this? What would you say, Tony? Did we jump the gun? No, we're, we're it out. We're going to handle it. We're hand, all I'm right. Hand, we're
3: on it. <laughs> Russ, Russ, the airline that you fly on probably doesn't yeah. have this because it's basically a bus with wings. But most airlines, there's a screen in front of your seat that it shows the track of the flight or you watch a movie or whatever, but you can have it set to show the track of the flight. It'll show like where it is relative to where you left from relative to where it's landing. Uh, What is this one? Like, you know, where would we look at from departure of wanting to have shirts on obvious shirts to destination of landing and
2: having shirts at obvious shirts? This would be the part in the flight where the pilot goes. Uh, we're about to prepare for our arrival. Yeah. All right. Please put your seat back forward, your tray up, and flight attendants are going to come around with the trash before we prepare for our ascent into Destination City. So, like, we're okay, right there. <laughs> That's
3: good. So we're no longer, like, flying over Kansas. We're, like, coming in over oh. the Grand Canyon toward L.A. We're getting ready to land at L.A. You're not
2: in that now. weird space where you're like, huh. Eh. I could take a nap and then you wake up yeah. from the night there's still like an hour left in the flight. No, we're we're putting our stuff, our laptop back in our bag, taking our headphones out and and getting ready to land.
3: The, the airline you fly on, Rust. I've noticed that the handful of times I've been on there, the pilots and flight attendants, there's a lot of shtick. There's like singing or they're try they're testing out their stand up comedy routines. Cam, do you do you like that? Do you like when the flight attendants or the pilots lighten the mood a little bit or are you annoyed by that?
4: I wish I could uh, like I want to say that I like I like it because I don't get annoyed by things. But no, like it is the worst. It is just the worst. Uh, Maybe it's not the worst, but like it's pretty close. And I should say that, like, you know, these people go on four flights a day and they're probably like, have you been on an airplane ride recently? They're really boring, like the whole time, regardless of what you have. You got to stick it up a little bit. I guess it depends on the hours too. like I this weekend. I flew home on Monday at like 545 in the morning. Like I don't want stick then at all. Like, to I went to DC. I know I flew from New Orleans back to Chicago. Oh, geez. Okay. Which, by the way, if you've ever want to see, a, if you've ever seen a less, a more sad sack of human beings than the 5:50 flight out of New Orleans on Monday morning, like tell me about it because it was as hungover plane as I've ever seen anyone. <laughs> um, and they were like, they like cut the lights off and like knew that Stick wasn't going to play then. So like, <laughs> but like, if you have to do Stick, sometimes you know everyone needs a little Stick in their life.
2: Five fifty, cam
4: yeah. it was a, that it was like that hey i should probably just pay for the sunday night flight but the monday night the monday morning flight is 60 dollars cheaper i'm still in that phase of my flight I'm buying this journey is, I,
2: i'm not mad at it I'm um not- w-
4: which was also apparently everyone else on the flight was the exact same way mm-hmm. like it was just groups of youths being like this was not worth it anymore like this was the moment when we realized we were in new orleans for too long
2: jason i know you you talk a lot of mess about that airline but I will have you know, the last four flights I've been on have been on the airline that you fly with the tracker oh, and everything. Yeah. And what I'll say is that really good experiences over there. Like, they're Welcome so, to the
3: big leagues, buddy. They're, <laughs> they're creeping up the list. Russ is crazy. He's like, you get an assigned seat and uh, everything's clean and nice. And it, it doesn't feel like a, like a car accident when you land. It was crazy.
2: Yeah, that and I I think that's part of the thing I've noticed is like there's definitely a difference in the pilots flying on the one airline compared to the other. Like, don't get me wrong, I still have a place in my heart for the other, and that's probably still my number one. But approaching the number two spot, (laughs) Jason's airline, see, I've kept that
3: airline, even though it's not a very convenient airline, uh, coming in and out of Chicago. Cam, we don't mention names of airlines on this show, we try not to because. We are so optimistic and hopeful to get one of them as a sponsor at some point. But now uh, we
2: leave it to Jason to trash the one. Russ
3: Russ flies the one that has a lot of commercials, and okay. I fly one the one that's probably the highest rated
2: airline. I would guess Jason flies the one where you get the really good cookies. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Which is a solid airline.
4: Yeah, yep. that, that makes all the difference.
2: The I fly the convenient airline that has a b and c board russ
4: we should what? why, don't, why hey, is that a new orleans we? at 5 50 in the morning yes that <laughs> right.
2: is. i want to
3: circle back to cam's new orleans trip and i know that tony also everybody's been on the road this week except me because russ was flying to st louis and pittsburgh cam apparently went to new orleans yeah. for no good reason at all which is exactly the reason to go and tony <laughs> was in atlanta for a family celebration so I, i've just been sitting at home doing nothing uh, i went to naperville that was exciting I want to get back. I want to get back to that. Russ, we should just say the names of the airlines and let Tony
4: bleep them out later. That might be funnier. (laughs) I actually would like that. Yeah. I just love flying. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't believe that one out and they'll come back with a sponsorship. There
3: you go. No, we're bleeping them out. Cam, why did you go to New Orleans? How long were you there? And uh, give us like, like the top like two or three weirdest things you saw, because if you didn't see a couple of weird things while you were there, then you didn't do it. Right.
4: Um, I went for, like you said, no good reason at all. I was, it was the weekend after two weeks after my second vaccination. And so I said, I'm buying a flight and I'm going down and I'm going inside places and it'll be great. And that is what I did. I bought a flight and I went down there. Um, I saw a Congo line of Mike Ditka jerseys. That was like, (laughs) that was like the bachelor party theme. Um, I saw a bachelorette party all dressed up as Guy Fieri. Instead of, like, the normal stuff, they were all, wow. like, wearing, like, Guy Fieri. Note, I like it was it. great. It was a great twist. Um, I only saw, like, two or three fist fights, so that seemed pretty normal. It's a little um, on the low side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw someone on the street, I guess. There those people standing there with, like, giant 40-foot boa constrictors that you can put over yourself and take a picture. Um, I saw someone try and take a picture and then try and run off with the snake, which oh. didn't really go well, but also it's really, really? hard to, like – chase someone holding your 40 foot boa constrictor. Like there are a lot of variables in that situation (laughs) because you're running with like a living predator on your shoulders, but, and you also need a back because that's how you're making money. So it was, I would say like knocked out of the new Orleans experience. There were so many times that I just like looked at things and I was like, yeah, that's what I expected, uh, for three days in new Orleans.
2: I I love new Orleans and Jason, you went to school there.
4: I love it so much.
2: Yeah. Would I? Would you agree with me that like a a big portion of the city smells like throw up? Oh gosh, yes. Okay, because I because when I was there, I'm like, yo, I really like the city, but it smells like throw up. Like no, specifically hard liquor throw up. (laughs) You you could smell, and you're like, oh, this person had a rough night they were
4: deeply power washing all the streets on Saturday morning when I got up and I didn't even think about it, but like, that's how it made, that's how they clean it out every day is just deeply power washing everything into some poor gutter somewhere so that you can get your hand grenades on a clean street the next night or whatever. It
3: all drains into the mighty Mississippi. The urine (laughs) too. There's a lot of public urination is a big issue in new Orleans. It is. I, you know, (laughs) I, I used to, uh, I, I don't know if how I feel about this choice in hindsight now, but when I lived there, I would a lot of times when I went down to the quarter, I would wear flip flops because I feel like I don't want to ruin a pair of shoes. I will just like wear flip flops and I will completely just spray down my feet and flip flops at the end of this. But now as as a 37 year old with more sense in my head, I'm not sure if I would do it that way. I might just buy a really nasty pair of shoes to wear.
4: See, I bought flip flops or not bought, but I wore like sandals the whole weekend thinking yeah. I was being smart. And now, just in this moment, I'm realizing that, like, you're right, like, that was not the way to do it. Um, but no, you have to. I made a conscious effort to like plan a couple things outside of the quarter just because. I don't have three and a half days of like full French quarter experience in me anymore. That's <laughs> bless my heart. And I say the same thing. I'm like, I lived in Wrigleyville, but I moved here way too late in my life. Like if I had moved here seven years ago, it would have been my dream. But I just don't have three straight days in the quarter in me. So I made sure to like get out occasionally once a day. So I so I like had the energy to do it the right way. Tony, I thought you were school. young. Yeah, but like. There's a difference Are you like my age? Because right now you sound like my dad. You said you just said you moved somewhere too late in life. It feels that way when I see people throwing up after Cubs games.
2: I was going to say that uh young Tony over here spent. He just said he went to Atlanta on a family vacation when yeah. he was really trying to cover up that he was at Magic City all week. <laughs> that was, was on, on the wings, list. Tony.
1: I definitely want to get some of those Magic City kitchen wings, the, the lemon pepper uh lou williams lemon pepper wings but i just didn't manage to get over there um but yeah it was a fun trip uh i haven't flown in like a decade plus tony doesn't travel really huh you don't really travel yeah no 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 tony gill does not travel Uh, i'm working on it guys though i'm working on it
2: yeah we got to get you west of the mississippi that's Um, our next step
1: but Atlanta was pretty cool uh Found out a lot. Found out I had a lot more family than I thought. So that was interesting. Uh found out my my family has eleven acres of land just sitting. Wow. In Mississippi. Really? Yeah. What's what's on it? Uh, is Nothing. there Is it like farmable? It's being leased right now to some people. We had okay. no idea. So uh Tony Gill's going to collect. So whoever's there now, <laughs> if you listen to this prepare yourselves
2: 11 acres so they owe you another 29 in a mule <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I, I, the entire family has 80 oh acres, shoot y'all doing all right but there. it's broken down and pieced to each family so we have 11 uh,
2: so that's so this, that's a lot more than most
1: yeah yep um also came back with some more business plans uh putting my car on Toro. so uh, if you need a car rental uh hit me up okay so you've come up with more uh, so ideas
3: that will uh, keep you from
1: showing up on time to this. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, investing in some Airbnbs, so flipping some houses and turn them into Airbnbs. So that's that's the game plan. You're gonna do that here or in Atlanta? Here, okay. here. I live next to, near Midway Airport, so we're currently looking at properties now to flip and turn to Airbnbs.
3: Okay. why'd you go to Atlanta? What was the setup here?
1: Uh, My sister wanted to go to Atlanta for her graduation, Uh, just kind of celebrate her and stuff like that. And we have a lot of family on both my mom and dad's side. So Mm -hmm. we got to see a lot of them. Uh, So that was fun. That was cool. And I got a lot of business advice from one of my cousins who's been uh, a millionaire for a while. So he's kind of mentoring our family now in terms of venturing out to do our own thing. So nice. be self-sustainable. This pandemic scared me. I don't know if it scared you guys. Like, well, I've, well, first of all, I should probably say this. Sorry, Cam. So, <laughs> I love you, we'll man. Say we. It was great. Yeah. Are, we, are you going to bleep out? I didn't yeah. say that. You just said that. I, we'll just <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, But yeah, I mean, the pandemic scared me. And I was like, look, I can't depend on other people keeping me hired or keeping me, you know, employed. So I got to do stuff on my own. So I would encourage everybody to, you know, start your own thing. Make sure you have multiple streams of income. Well,
3: that's Cam. That's got to feel good. Right. Uh, Tony learned a lot from you
4: getting canned. If I can be a learning lesson to anyone, then I think that's a good thing. I mean, but that venture already started. I mean, thanks to Sports Adjacent for uh, for funding me.
1: Appreciate you guys every time. So yeah, thanks.
4: I would also say that I learned the exact same lesson Tony did. So in that sense, it makes a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> I love the sorry camp. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, he's saying I need to be self right. sustainable.
2: I
3: saw a guy walking his goat down uh, the streetcar line in New Orleans once
2: in uptown. Like it was
4: the dog. At least he was being responsible had on a leash, you know? You could could just be, have the goat
2: next to him. So we went from talking about revenue (laughs) straight, And the first thing that popped into your brain was a dude and a goat walking down New Orleans streets.
4: Sports adjacent. Tony, did I hear that? The first time you've been on a plane in a decade? Yes. Were you like out of your mind nervous? Or you are like, whatever, it's time. Um, A little anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Like
1: I had to use all the all the techniques of I right, listen to music, tap, tapping,
4: breathing, all that. So you come good. away better or is it gonna be another decade before you get on a plane again?
1: Um, I don't
4: know. I think
1: I want to take another trip this year.
2: Nice. Somewhere In- west of the Mississippi. <laughs>
1: what, well, like
3: Iowa? I didn't think we were gonna do another segment about uh flying on planes, but that since it's the first time Tony has flown in so long and he does it so rarely, Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I'd be interested to know a little bit more about this. Well, uh, nobody touched me, so that was cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Come on now. Don't let's not do this.
1: Um, Also, she code Uh, when flying, always go with somebody that's in a wheelchair.
2: Yeah, Mama. you get you, you're you're pre boarding. You get to pre board. Yeah, yeah, it's the greatest. Uh, how how do you? Done.
3: But what if you I'm don't never, know I'm someone never, that has a wheel? Like you, how would you do that? How is that a cheat code?
1: Uh, well, if you don't want to wait in TSA and you don't want to like, okay. cause you got to do the boarding pass thing, or you got to like register and stuff like that. It doesn't matter when you're with somebody with a wheelchair. Okay, so to be
3: clear, you're saying next time I want to go somewhere, mm-hmm. I should find somebody that would need that kind of special access to come with me for that reason only that's your
1: that's your life hack exactly like yeah. airport life hack even if you don't need a wheelchair they're not going to ask it's like the it's like going to Walmart where you just take the rolling thing they're not going to bother you i do it all the time <laughs>
3: <laughs> very bad advice i think tony did you was there be honest was there any part of this because you hadn't done it since you were a child that you were confused by or took you a minute to figure out about the airport and the flying process? Um,
1: people are weird on planes. They do a bunch of weird things Okay, where, that I don't understand. Um, like placing their bag above, nowhere near where they're actually going to be sitting. Like they put it in the front and it's like, no, why would you do that? What if somebody sitting there has to put a bag up there, you jerk. Take your bag with you um also people stand it's like we were at the gate for about 30 minutes uh just chilling because the gate wasn't open and people just stood just continue to stand i'm like just sit down like we're not going anywhere sit down all of you all of you are horrible human beings
2: i had this conversation about somebody literally yesterday (laughs) and that person said well what if somebody's what if somebody has a connecting flight i'm just like they don't we all have connecting flights. I can tell by the energy.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's also, like, also annoying. Clapping when you land. You I don't don't like wanted to, I wanted to slap everybody that was clapping. I thought
3: <laughs> you usually like people enjoying things and being happy. Not this. You. I mean, I relax. think it's corny. I don't do it, but I don't begrudge other people for enjoying their flight. Was
2: the turbulence that bad? Where you're just like, oh,
1: thank the Lord. Yes. No, no. <laughs> it was,
2: the flight was fine.
1: He was on <laughs> for us. It would have been. I was on actually, so I have to bleep Perfect. all that out. Thank you.
2: When I went to the Dominican, um, people like that's a regular thing people clapping when they like land. So, and that was the last time I had heard that. So that was almost 10 years ago, but I didn't know. Yeah, usually it's after a bad flight that that happens, but you were just a bunch of people ready to go to Atlanta. Yeah. They got there. <laughs>
4: Wouldn't there be been an argument to make, though, that everyone should clap after every flight? Like you are in a metal piece of air, like you're in the air for five hours in a metal tube and they just get you there. Ninety nine percent of the time. Like, I hate it. But like, I, mean I feel like that's a clappable achievement. Right. Like they just flew
2: you to a different city in two hours you're flying seven hundred and fifty yeah. miles an hour in yeah. the air at twelve thousand feet. I guess when you put it that way, that is quite just, the accomplishment. You to
4: drive a car off a runway and into the air and it stays there the whole time, usually. And like, I, I wouldn't do it, but I get if they were just like, no, airline A is are gonna institute a rule where you have to clap. I'd be like, that. that's fair. I, I, they deserve
2: to be clapped. <laughs> in this moment, Tony, I think I just realized what happened. I think you might've had a plane full of people who may have been like you, either flying for the first time in a long time or first time flyers. Because I know people who fly for the first time, they do have that clapping experience. Like, yay, I made it through my first time. <laughs> yeah. Children
1: do that. Not, not, Adults shouldn't be doing that. You my be, children don't do that. I
2: sh- shocked the amount of adults that haven't flown. Because yeah. you, know what the,
1: you know what that does? You know what that does? It's like, no, this, them doing their job is what's supposed to happen. It's yeah. in their best interest to do their job correctly. Because they die too. So then I don't want to give them a congratulatory hand clap for doing something that they were supposed to do. You're supposed to get
2: us here safely, sir. Yes. Or ma'am. Is this how you would react
3: to like a doctor doing surgery on you, Tony? You, you wouldn't thank him or be like, Hey, I appreciate how, you know, you
1: just be like, yeah, hey, you're you you not killing me. Yeah. I hope you did your job. Ace. Yeah. Thank you for doing your job. Appreciate it. This is what you, this is what my, I'm going to be paying for for the rest of my life. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
2: Tony, are you a uh, are you a window seat guy, your aisle seat guy, your exit row guy? Like, what was what's your setup?
1: Uh, I don't I don't care. I don't take up much space, so it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I don't use the bathroom. I usually go before,
2: like uh, a normal adult should.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I was in the middle coming back from Atlanta, and I was at the window uh, going into Atlanta. So,
3: were you with your family, or were, did you have to sit by strangers? Did anybody try to talk to you?
1: Or, or anything on the plane? Uh, no, no, nobody tried to talk to me, so that was cool. You were insulated by uh, your family, so you, that wouldn't happen. Well, going, I sat next to two family members. Coming back, I sat next to my sister and then a stranger. Okay, but uh, she was she know the deal. She gave me the armrest.
0: <laughs>
1: like <laughs> we, she didn't say anything to me. Her
2: into the armrest.
1: <laughs> she didn't say anything to me, so yeah, it was it was perfectly fine going there and coming back. Russ, would you feel worse? If,
3: if a stranger tried to talk to Tony on a flight, like a long flight. So the strange this happens at the beginning of a three hour flight. Do you feel worse for Tony or worse for the stranger?
2: Oh, 100 percent the stranger, because then we we can't we aren't prepared for Tony's takes and outrage. And we're his friend. So I, right. I can imagine a stranger being like, Yo, this is somebody yeah. who uses these things all the time. Yeah, You probably think they probably think Tony's a serial killer. You know, you know,
4: <laughs> they're probably like, who doesn't clap after you land an airplane? Right. It's like, what kind of psychopath are you, sir? You must fly all the time every day. He's so used huh. to this.
1: You know, the best part, though, uh, was with with insert bleep there. Um, you got to register with the, and get your boarding pass like 24 hours before. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did that and I got. The first seat, so you got a one. Yeah, I got one. Wow, hey, so uh, you know, I came up to I came up late because I knew I'm like, none of you guys are getting in before me anyway. Uh, and uh, I asked, Oh, what number you have? Oh, it doesn't matter because I'm number one, so you need to get in the
2: back. The wow. reverse Rosa Parks. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, what are you thinking? I was thinking Shannon. What's Shannon? Shannon uh, Sharp. Yeah. Oh, okay. Talking about when he called Julio on air. Okay, I didn't hear this. I mean, I know
3: kind of what was said, but I didn't. All right before we, seen, I haven't heard like audio or video of this. So he called. Just Julio. roll with it, man. You're gonna have to. Exp- there will be other people that didn't hear it, so you can just explain it. I'm gonna oh, put the
1: okay. clip in. <laughs> can you? That,
4: no, be,
3: that cannot be, be your answer to things.
2: <laughs> no, because you, you, we Tony. get sued. If we get sued, no, he doesn't well, care, Russ. He's a
3: contractor. He doesn't care. <laughs>
2: no, i you got him getting sued. He doesn't. As care. As the CFO so, of Sports Adjacent LLC, I need to tell him now. Like, if, if it we finds sued, itself in there, just don't trip. All right, just, just
3: go. No, with this. this is his answer for everything. It's like Tony. Can we use this? And his answer is either yes, because we actually
4: can. Don't ask questions, guys. Or Tony, it's, or it's, or it's, or it's yes.
3: Or it's yes because eh they probably won't sue us we're too small that's not a good reason
4: this is what happens when you're a one on your first flight
2: in ten years you just think yes. that the
4: world is your oyster and everything oh, he, just works he out he lives
2: like that he oh, lives he, his life he, like that in court it's not gonna fly when I say I mean Tony just said it's cool man. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give yeah. worst yeah. that they can do is do a cease and desist that's it
1: I've checked what they can do Tony Gill Esquire appreciate that attorney at <laughs> yeah. law.
3: I'm mad because no, you, Russ, what you would do is you go into court and you'd say what you would really say is you'd say, well, um, uh, uh, well, like as you're crapping yourself, you're like, Tony said we we're too small that you guys wouldn't sue us. I'd go never know. says it's
2: okay. He says we're too small. They probably won't come after us. Probably. Uh, probably is the key part of that. Like we're going to catch the one person who's like, no, nah, F those dudes in their podcast. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, enough cares. podcasts. He's not right. on we'll LLC. He doesn't care. <laughs>
4: Or they would just be like, oh, yeah, we know Tony. That's fine. You guys can throw it in there, whatever. Yeah, like figure out that. He thing. also doesn't, one he one also one also doesn't one care,
3: one. Russ, because he's on 19 different
2: podcasts. So yeah, he's like, if you know, that goes down to 18 tomorrow
3: because of a lawsuit, big deal.
2: We he's do like, probably pay him good. more than the, yeah. besides his like job job. So I think he does want to keep this one around. <laughs> Multiple streams of income, guys. I'm not into the hot take shows, but apparently they're still popular. And this week, Shannon Sharp, Uncle Shannon, as many call him, had Twitter ablaze after on his show Undisputed with Skip Bayless. He called all pro wide receiver Julio Jones to discuss his current situation with the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, I think it's, it, it was a situation where Julio was not informed that he was on air which is a big no-no in our business. And it's a situation where now Julio looks like, "Oh man, you just dis- or Shannon looks like, "Oh man, you disclosed had your friend disclose information on a public platform when he didn't know he's being recorded and now it's out to the public and to the world." So it's a I think it's a situation where I tweeted about it where it's just like these former athletes and quote unquote, media personalities don't know journalistic ethics. Like we're all in this business. And I think all four of us have people that we would consider friends in the business that may sometimes disclose information to us. However, I think a big part of our job is knowing how to manage that and where it's friendship, where it's business. And then even if it's both never putting that person out there um, without saying, a source said or somebody familiar with the situation or something like that. Yeah. Like Julio just called his man and said, yo, you what, what's going on? Yeah, I'm out of there. All right. Uh, you're on air by the way. Like, and it wasn't even all oh, you're on air. Like, Hey man, don't say anything incriminating. He was just like, yo, what's going on? Yeah, I'm out of there. And so it put, it puts Julio in this really awkward position where it's like, oh man. Um, yeah. I'm assuming all 30 teams knew I was available because I requested a trade a while ago, but now the whole world knows. So it looks like bad business, but I think Shannon's in, I think it was, that's a tough thing to do or a bad look when you put a friend out, somebody you consider a friend out yeah. there like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also as in media, it's poor ethics to do that without informing somebody, Hey, I'm going to use this. Hey, I'm recording this. Yeah. And, and then just proceeding.
3: Well, nobody thinks of Shannon sharp as a journalist. I don't think, I I don't know. I see, I see this as a bigger thing than journalism with him. I'd see it. Like if you call me Russ and I'm in my car or something, I might take it on speakerphone. The first words out of my mouth are going to be, Hey, you're on speakerphone and here's, here's who's in the car. And by the way, in Shannon sharp's case, it's like, Hey, you're on speakerphone and uh, uh, who's here. Oh yeah. America.
2: (laughs) Right. And I I think um, you say that people don't look at Shannon like a journalist. I don't think that's true because I think when it comes to players that we cover one thing, somebody like that says on air, now it's the media. Mm -hmm. Now we have this catch all where it's everybody, whether you're somebody who's doing the job and you cover me every day or the loudmouth person who's on TV from nine to noon, like you guys are all the same. And that's why something like that, is like you are technically, quote unquote, a, I won't say journalist, I'll say media person. And when media, when we have these catch-alls where now players are interacting with us, people who are on the ground all the time a certain way because of something somebody who doesn't cover them says, that's when you have these issues. And that's why like I do think, I had somebody tweet me yesterday and was like, there should be some type of journalistic ethics thing that people on in those situations, former athletes get like, Hey, yeah, you have these relationships, but you can't put people out there like that and say, yeah, this person told me this, or this person told me this, like those things. And I think that's a good idea because you have guys who that's not what they do for a living. Like all four of us do this for a living. Mm -hmm. Those guys hit people for a living and caught passes and all that. And now they're coming into the space where they talk about those things but also they have these relationships, but they don't necessarily know what can I say here? What can I not say here? Would I put somebody in a bad situation at their current place of employment if I said this? Like, they don't know those things. And I think because of that, then you find yourself in these situations like Shannon found himself in.
4: And I also wonder, you know, like you said, like this is the hot take shows and it's being presented as this organic insane moment. And I just like sort of wonder how organic it is. You know, I I think there's sides where, you know, I think I sort of, I don't know how oblivious Shannon Sharp is to the idea that if he calls, so like he, he, Shannon Sharp knows he's on TV. He's calling someone on speakerphone, so in the hopes that they answer on TV. And, and so I wonder, and you know, doesn't who I don't maybe Hulu Jones has no idea that Shannon Sharp is recording whatever he is, but maybe he does. You know, I think if if Skip Bayless called me at nine a.m., I'd be like, "What's going on here?" And I don't <laughs> know, and like players are so savvy now in terms of leaking what they want and posturing what they want in non-traditional ways. Uh, I think you look like it's more prevalent in you know liking tweets or interacting but like th- th- there are non-traditional ways of presenting your message out there. Granted, not quite as heavy-handed as going on national tv and saying I want out of there, like that's not as subtle or nuanced as other players are, but especially for I, I want to I, say, I think in my heart of hearts, I believe that he didn't know he was on TV, but I don't think I'd be surprised if this was more planned and manufactured than. Th- you know, they want to because it, it was this huge video that probably got probably one of their three most high performing social posts. And like everyone talked about it and they got credited all day on ESPN and other big sites like there are alternative motives besides Julio Jones, where he wants to play to sort of do this as a stunt. And maybe it's kind of cynical, but it feels a little stunty to me. That's a Tony type take, Russ. Is it? You know what's it's
3: funny? All, it's, all staged, was
2: it's all staged. It's all like a, a conspiracy. While Cam was talking, I'm like, "Damn, Cam, you sound like Tony right um, now. <laughs> yeah. This is all fake. It's made it up. It's not
3: real." We've it's- really balanced the show unintentionally here uh, between like normal, sound-minded people in you and me, and now two conspiracy theorists in Cam and Tony. Tony, you're with him on this. It's all fake. It's all staged. In the meantime, what's hold on, Cam. Hold on, Cam.
1: Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call.
3: Just fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding
1: currently. Everything's fine.
3: That's okay. Things are going to be okay. That's our high quality production. This is a segment where we step in and uh, just assure you that everything's fine with the Bears. Everything's fine. Um, the Bears who can't seem to score any points whatsoever, Russ. In the odds I saw the other day of the 10 teams most likely to trade for Julio Jones. The Bears were not on the list at all.
2: You know, from all the everything's fines that we had. That's okay. You can live with that. I love Julio, but I don't think the Bears are a Julio away from the Super Bowl.
3: They might be a Julio away from being able to score 20 points per game.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Matt Nagy. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't have enough uh, evidence to support that claim yet. Like, 2018 was a long time ago, and that was the last time they scored points. Tony,
3: uh, you think Julio Jones is mad at Shannon Sharp about this, or do you think he's fine with this?
1: Uh, I would be if I was Julio. Like, I mean, Julio, I love Julio. You know, Roll tight. One of the best receivers in Alabama history. Comes in, instantly dominates the NFL. But he says nothing. He is one of the more boring athletes at the profession. He's super duper professional guy, handles his business behind the scenes type of dude. And this is, he got caught in a bad spot. Like this is actually who, and I'm not saying what he did was bad or expressing his true feelings was bad, but the public persona of Julio isn't what Shannon got on his show. Um, and that's messed up. That's messed up. Uncle Shannon did a did a oopsie old man <laughs> Shannon did a oopsie and now you got to separate yourself and it's not like you know he's going to be and, and, and I think this is probably worse is the you know as a parent kids would rather see you be angry than disappointed and this is one of those okay I'm really disappointed that you did this to me you had me out there like that we can be cordial but you no longer get to be inside the circle anymore yeah you get to go outside the circle and you won't be getting any tips from me when you text i'll i'll reach out to you if i want to talk but this kind of i pick up every time you call or i respond you're not a part of that anymore i'll get to you when i get to you
4: also like it probably not that's probably not only the case with him and julio like i can imagine other people he talks to in the nfl going Mm -hmm. no if you did that to julio like i don't want to talk to you either like i bet there has much larger ripple effects than just within julio jones's camp
2: right and it's like was it is it worth it for like yeah you got this little heat up when it happened and y'all were everywhere and the clip was everywhere and probably your highest rated show views wise ever but if it costs you every relationship that you have from here on out, now I imagine Channel will still have some relationships. But if it costs you your credibility in that sense, where people trusted you and now they don't trust you, not worth it.
3: If, what, do you, what do you think happens if uh, someone over at the Score pulls this with Tony? Somebody's on the air, they, they call Tony, they got Tony on speakerphone, and they say, "Hey, how's everything going over there, Tony, at the uh, Sports Adjacent podcast?" If I, it depends what he
2: says, though. Well, what do you think
3: he's saying, though? That's what I'm saying.
2: I don't think he puts us out there because we pay no. something too well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we pay him too well. That's
3: what he'd say. He'd say, oh, man, these guys pay me to do almost nothing. And I show up 45 minutes late for the episode taping. And it's awesome,
2: man. You should get in on this bad situation. That's bad business for all the kids out there listening who are just like, oh, I want to do this. Don't ruin your relationships for a little bit of heat in the moment. It's not worth it. Go out Tony.
1: Now I was going to say, how many opportunities do you guys have? You guys are all, you know, reporters, mm-hmm. where you could instantly get some some heat up and clicks that you have passed on because you value the relationship more than the instant clicks.
2: All the time, yeah. In baseball, um, it's one of those things where you, you have to really balance. Um, massaging a relationship building a relationship and like trust is everything i'd say in baseball even in sports in general but definitely in baseball um and it's it's no yeah it happens a lot where you are just like yeah this could be like huge but also like you being able to put things in context and like knowing what's real and what's not is really big in that and when people know that you can disseminate between what's real and what's not and not run with something that's not true or as big as others might make it out to be. That's when later down the line, they're going to come to you before they come to other people.
3: They see Um, you got some discretion.
2: Yes. So to Um, me,
3: it's a, yes, there's a benefit to that as far as the job. It's also, and I know Russ feels the same way about this. It's integrity. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I am not, it is not important enough to me to succeed at this job to, compromise how I feel about myself as a person and do something where I'm going to spend the rest of my day feeling like, man, shouldn't I have done that? Should I have done it? You know, was that right? I- I'm just not going to do that.
4: And uh, I think a lesson that you, you learn when you're sort of getting these relationships that I think I assumed at least that sourcing was literally just so you could get information that wasn't publicly available and then let it out. But it's way more to build relationships, sort of like Russell you said. Like it, it, there's way more of not saying stuff because you have a vision for farther down the road than I expected. I had sort of always thought that oh, you get a notable piece of news that you know it's, it's not a lot of people are talking about that you just run with it. But uh, there is more nuance in figuring out how to present that and figuring out the timing of it than I expected. And there was, it takes more patience than I think I would have originally thought.
2: Before I got into the business, I used to think that, Ooh, somebody, oh somebody sources it was like some yeah. dude in an alley with a trench <laughs> coat like, hey this dude's yeah. getting traded here yeah. but it's really like way, way more professional well, that than- is how it happens for me Russ. listen that's a that's that's rough like what i, what, I meet what
3: in this one alley mean? and it looks like the uh, bad guy from willy wonka
2: right <laughs> exactly right um but it's really more professional than that and it's like executives from all over. It's players sometimes. Like it's it's super it's not and it's a lot of phone calls and text messages. Like it's not some weird thing. Um but it's important to you know people trust you with that information and you should use that accordingly. Like and I think it it's there's just a level of decorum to everything. Like I wouldn't put one of you guys out if you guys trusted me with saying yo man. I'm not having a. I'm having trouble at home or something like. Yeah, I wouldn't tell this podcast that. You know, oh, there's if, all kinds of Tony's business we have not put out here. You know, and if I put that out there, I would expect Tony to be like, "Yo, what we were supposed <laughs> to be You put me out now. All of." I have like, a wild have gambling that
1: addiction for that first date. I'll just say I have a wild gambling addiction. I'm sorry.
3: Right? Yeah, Tony. Every every Tuesday afternoon at the dog track and the
2: horseshoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Russ, the uh, the story that
3: comes to mind for me, this was not a big story that I did, but it was one of my favorites where it's like textbook example of what you're talking about was when I covered the heat, Goran Dragic was there. He's one of the few guys that's still on that team from when I covered him. Um, him and, you know, 45-year-old Udonis Haslam or however old he is now. Um, Goran Dragic, at the beginning of the season, they had had a situation with him and his wife and a pregnancy to where basically the short version is in the off season, the baby was born safely and healthy, but was born early and in Slovenia. Do I have have the country right that he's from, Tony? I'm drawing a blank on it right now. I think it's Slovenia. Uh, And Goran basically had to fly back to Miami the next day, like the day after the baby was born for training camp to start. And so he's got his newborn baby that he's seen for one day, and he is, he's just living alone in a condo in Miami while his family's overseas. And he's not playing well at the beginning of the year. And him and I had several conversations off to the side because you get such great access in the NBA. And, and because we had a very good relationship about this situation. And finally, after five or six times we talked about this, we're on the road and I'm like, I just go up to him and I say, hey, was this something that you'd feel comfortable with talking about for a story? And I think because we'd had so many conversations about it on the side where there's genuine um, care and appreciation for another human being's situation. And you're not just putting it out there saying, oh, hey, he's playing bad. And here's probably why making these assumptions because he didn't feel that way. He didn't feel they were connected. It was just, you know, one part of his life's not going well. And also basketball is not going well at the moment. And so we had this long, good interview about it after all those side conversations. And it ended up being a really great story. And it's a textbook example of you get information. It's not always the right thing to just send it right out there without thinking about it and to just kind of let it accumulate, let somebody uh, see that they can trust you. And then you end up writing the story that very few people knew. There were none of the media knew this story. Otherwise, it probably they probably would have jumped on it. And there were even people within the organization that told me the next day that they didn't know this situation was going on
4: when you guys are having those conversations do you ever run into someone who just like enjoys riddling you like i every once in a while i'll talk to someone and they're like the way they'll respond is so overwrought in terms of like being sly and riddly that i like it almost I'm just like why like it, it doesn't need to be this serious but every once in a while people will just think that i think it's like oh i'm talking to a reporter like i gotta be sly about this and they're like i'll ask something and they'll be like that's not the right question to be asking i'm just like i'm not a <laughs> national treasure three guys like let's uh, I just it's, it's this is purely 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 like surface level stuff we don't need to be, it's not this
2: serious. People talking to Cam and haikus. Yeah, yeah. But
4: like, seriously, they like leave riddles for me across the block that I have to go search for. I would have
3: that. I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about, but I had that kind of relationship with Chris Birdman Anderson, <laughs> who is one of my favorite people I've covered in sports. There are very few people that I've covered as athletes or coaches that if I saw them on the street today, I would want to hug them. Because I like them so much as people, uh, but and he would always answer with these weird, like kind of cryptic riddle type answers. But um, unlike what you're describing, they never led anywhere. Oh. It was all just to just to totally screw with me.
2: No, I don't. I don't have that. Uh, oh, sorry. Way more straightforward than that, which is which is cool because I don't wouldn't want to be dealing with some witch hunt to find an answer of. <laughs> one thing or another Um, i
4: thought if you just text them they would answer but uh, another thing i just learned is apparently you have to be really witty and or maybe i'm just not doing something right but i get i get so many weird cryptic answers where i'm just like well now i don't know the first question and i don't even know what that means i'm like oh it's a mess somebody pulls up to you guys the dog always
1: finds its bone at the left side of the table (laughs) nah you just really like like, if you do get
2: interested (laughs) or not like what's going on (laughs)
3: Hey, this is Jason Leisure. No matter which Chicago team you love most, Obvious Shirts has smart, funny, high-quality shirts that look great. Spring is the perfect time to pick one out. Baseball season is underway. You've got Mother's Day and Father's Day coming up. And regardless of all that, it's finally T-shirt season after all these months of being inside, wearing hoodies and sweaters. That's why you need to hit up Obvious Shirts. It's Chicago-owned and operated since 2015. Obvious Shirts is for fans, by fans. Like I said, they have something for every team in town. My favorite one is the Baseball Needs More Tim Anderson's White Sox shirt. That one's cool, but you can pick out plenty of other ones, Bulls, Cubs, Illinois. They have tons of different options on there. Their unique and creative designs are going to make you stand out. Go to obviousshirts.com and use promo code adjacent10. If you don't know how to spell adjacent, this is a really good time for you to learn. I'll spell it for you right now. A-D-J-A-C-E-N-T and then add the number 10 at the end of that. It's all one word, adjacent to 10, to receive 10% off next time you order at obviousshirts.com. You should go get one right now. Obvious Shirts, words on shirts. I'm surprised you'd go to a museum, to be honest. And uh, if, like that's insul- if
2: that's insulting to you, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I like museums. I definitely saw Tony's IG at the museum. I'm like, look at Tony trying to be cultured for once. And making sure everyone knows it.
1: It it was so funny because it was like, oh, man, Martin Luther King's house, his neighborhood, his church. Ebenezer. Yeah. Yeah. The the Civil Rights Museum. Look, all this stuff. Rosa Parks, a liar. Trap museum. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) That's how my Instagram story went.
3: (laughs) Did he put that on his Instagram, like uh, to make it look as though that was the purpose of the entire trip? Was he just went to, like, learn about history instead of that he went for a party weekend with his family? Right.
2: I don't know. I'm asking. I'm just saying, from what it looked like, it was like, oh, dang, Tony's out here like learning about African American history and the civil rights movement. And then it was just like this boom, TI trapped me.
3: Tony, did you have someone take a picture of you looking at something thoughtfully? Like,
1: no, no. Having deep feelings? I took uh, took one picture, just, it was just me and my dad. But other than that, no, I just want to take a picture of other stuff. I spent part of my weekend taking my kids to Lincoln
3: Park Zoo, which was uh, an interesting experience. We had a fun time, but I'm kind of losing it with zoos. I'm kind of losing interest in them because most of what you're looking at there, Russ, it's either like some raggedy looking camel or they've got 19 different things that are all some version of a pig. It's like a shaggy pig or a spiky pig. And then in the rare chance that you happen to see an actual cool animal, it's doing nothing you'll see a lion or a gorilla or even a giraffe, and it's just standing there or laying there, taking a nap. It's not like, what's the point? There's nothing there that I really want to see at this point that I couldn't see on planet earth.
2: What I'm about to say, I think is going to make Tony really happy. So this is my thought about the zoo and aquariums for that matter. As a kid, they're great. And I even still enjoy going to shed aquarium because I think it's awesome. But you don't realize until you're like yeah, 16, 17, 18 years old. These animals are in captivity <laughs> and we're just OK with it. Yeah. And we're paying $45 a pop to see some animals that are somewhere they don't want to be.
4: And like out of their mind, crazy because of it, just like pacing across their like a tiny square inch of spacing, just because that's all they do all day. It's so dark. They're so well, dark. Him, if
3: you're lucky, they're doing that. So you mm-hmm. at least can see them walking around.
4: Otherwise, they're just laying there, depressed. Yeah, it's like they zoos, know they wouldn't make it in the wild. Zoos are a dark place, man. Once, well, like we must be said, like once you realize that, like it's not this probably shouldn't exist mm-hmm. at all in any scenario. Like, why are there elephants in Washington D.C.? Like, you no know n- there was yeah. never a need for elephants in Washington D.C. or w- whatever animal you want to say. Like, they're a really dark place.
2: And then when you realize, like, they can never go back into the wild, right? Because they as- were never in the wild. Well, yeah, they got ta- well. They got taken out. They're bred in captivity, like over years. They're they're
3: not legally allowed to take animals out of the wild for zoos.
2: So they you can breed
3: like lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What? Then there's so like are cat- animals cat- that I are that basically like over time have never them. they've never been exposed to their natural environment, so they wouldn't know what to do in there any more than you or I would. No, nah, I don't like that, man. That's bad.
0: I oh, do think man. if we're gonna
3: go that far to to put them on display. And like, you know, these animals got to eat. I mean, what would be the harm in letting us watch that at least? At least like turn a goat loose in the in the lion's cage and tell people when it's going to happen and everything like on Jurassic Park.
2: Like or and then like put a a, a public service announcement like, hey, this is a, something gruesome is about to happen. Like they do on the news, like viewer discretion is advised. There you go. Yeah.
4: And also, like they just die real fast, way faster than they should. Um <laughs> it's like it's really dark but they do
2: they just, they just die I fast <laughs> i shouldn't laugh at that that's so it, hilarious to you russ because i think it's just like they're so stressed in there it's just right. Like, bro uh, i'm I, it's a wrap i'm i'm, uh, I'm out of here
4: it can't be worse <laughs> than the lincoln park zoo
2: so i'm out of here see you later also brookfield zoo way better than lincoln park zoo for next time
3: well but lincoln park zoo is free And that's the dad move here where I took my kids to go do an activity for four and a half hours in the city that was free. So you wanted to be cheap. I am cheap about. Well, I am cheap about things that I feel like I can be cheap about. So if I can go to one zoo for nothing or another zoo for 40 bucks a pop, I'm going to go to the free zoo.
4: And free zoos, in terms of value versus entertainment, you get at like that is as good as much entertainment as you're paying for, or not? Excuse me. Like you're getting the most bang for your buck going to a zoo because you're not actually paying for it, and you're seeing like wild animals that again shouldn't be there. But like that's pretty wild to think about that you just go get to see elephants and tigers for free.
1: Also, yeah. like, should be the case. Yeah, go be happy seeing depressed animals. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There's that.
3: The most entertainment I got was we were watching some rhinoceroses, rhinoceri. I don't know how you say it, but uh, I got to listen to this mom loudly and uh, very, f- you know, free thinkingly debate with herself in front of her kids, whether the rhinos were male or female until she finally screamed out,
4: oh, there's it's, d- it's a man. I bet that happens like four times a day at the zoo. I bet people, like four little kids, all the time. You think (laughs) that's what
3: everybody's doing in their head, or that's what people are yelling out? Oh, look, there's a. That's a Uh, wild thing to
2: say around kids, man. Well, now the kids know male
3: or female rhinoceros, at least. I've got my kids there like hoping they don't ask me about it. And certainly
2: um, I would hope that you don't say that to Anna. <laughs> oh,
3: no, apparently another parent was uh, happy to step in and say that for all the kids within earshot. What if, what if the deeds being done by the animals? How do you explain that? Uh, you just say, Hey, let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> what
2: a parent move. You don't yeah. say,
3: Oh, they're mating. My kids are, that way? my kids spent most of that day probably being my kids are seven and 10, but they're old enough that they're already kind of over it with me. Like they're not, they're not entertained by anything. Like we, I took them on anything I say, I'm at the stage where I'm embarrassing them. And they're at the stage where they're embarrassed by it, I guess, because we went on the merry-go-round there. And I'm like asking my seven-year-old daughter, if, Hey, if I, if I kind of whip the ostrich that I'm riding, like, like they do in horse racing, will it go faster? And she just goes, yeah, try it and rolls her eyes at me. Or we're walking over to the we're walking over to this area where they've got a wolf, and I'm just kind of like joking around being like, hey, I hope they'll let me pet the wolf. And my seven-year-old daughter, Russ, looks at me and in all seriousness goes, You deserve whatever happens to you.
2: So you guys all have relatively easy short names. Yes. Yeah, so like, I wouldn't imagine that you guys necessarily have nicknames unless you have someone with your friends or others, like, with your family. It's like, Tony, you have Tony. Cam is Cam. Jason is Jason. So, like, Tony is his... the What people call him is, like, the quote-unquote nickname. Cam, what people call you is, quote-unquote, your nickname. Like, obviously, your name's longer. And then Jason, I don't know what your nickname would be. Some people, in, like, my wife, my mom... And my
3: old colleague, Joe Shad, for some reason, all felt comfortable calling me Jay instead of Jason,
2: which I don't mind. It's fine. No, I, I think that's fine. But no. So no one from your college days. No, no, like no,
3: no. My kids have a nickname for you, by the way. They're going to not want me to tell you, but they call it. They call you it like when you're not here.
2: <laughs> what is it? So it's harmless. They call you Russell Sprout. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so cute. I do not I'm not mad at that. I've heard that one um through the years. That's that's cool. Um I I have noticed like when I introduce myself to people, yes, I always introduce myself as Russell. But okay. usually most people call me Russ after that. Um but I notice like the difference between like dudes usually call me Russ. Women usually call me Russell whole thing, which I've always thought was interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, you guys have that weird, like you have short names. And so you what people call you is kind of the nickname. I always ask people, like, I'm sure I'm positive. In fact, I, rem- I
3: vaguely remember doing it, asking you when we first met, do you want to be do you go by Russ or Russell? And then you and you said Russ, and so I always went with Russ. But it, there are plenty of people that are like that. Like Michael Kim likes to be called Michael, not Mike. And I always ask people that, and I, I will call you by whatever name you want to be called. What I hate is when I ask someone and they're like, "Oh, I don't care, whatever's fine." And you you know they have a preference on what they want to be called. I mean, like for me, I will call you Nighthawk if that's what you like to be called.
2: So we're going to Russ start Russell
3: Nighthawk, whatever.
2: We're going to start that up next week. Night the. I'm your co-host Nighthawk with Jason Leisure and Tony Gill, uh, but no, I, I think it's always weird because I'm just like, dude, I don't care. Russell is my name, like, so if you called me that, I wouldn't care. But if you called me Russ, like, and it's easier, and simpler sure why why not who cares if,
4: if someone came to you guys and like told you what nickname they're if someone's like hey i'm gonna call you russell sprout would you be like no like I, i'll tell you what name you can call me but if someone there's an
2: age range where you can call me that and uh-huh. and grace are in that range <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody would of legal age say yo i'm calling you russell sprout we are gonna have <laughs> we have some words yeah
4: <laughs> that's going 30 right there on spot oh yeah definitely going 30 off that yeah
1: OK, That's did you guys. Uh, did you guys see uh, M- Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets set that record straight with Cassidy Hubbarth about, hey, it's not Mike. It's Michael Malone during an in-game interview. No, I didn't see that. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. And it kind of threw off guard. But luckily, she was able to get back to, you know, what she was going to ask. But you can tell that rattled her
4: a little bit me. Like, you That's mean? important. It's an important lesson to learn. Maybe not like on, speaking of on-air lessons, maybe not like on-air when you're doing your hit. Like maybe you like pull them aside afterwards and say, hey, like next time it's Michael. But on-air, that's that, that quarter must have not gone super well for the Nuggets. Unless they've I mean, had
3: that conversation before. Yeah, it seems like you maybe just say something afterward. I will
2: say he has been all like the last two years been going by Michael Malone after being Mike Malone for such a long time. And yeah. so I guess if, if he's done such a, a big thing where it's like, Hey, it's Michael. I do think you should call that dude that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah
3: but also- it's hard to learn calling it. Like I still will sometimes say San Diego chargers. Cause it's hard. It's, it's so ingrained. You've got how many years of saying it that way. And now it's the LA chargers.
2: I think that's different between that and like somebody's like actual name. And
1: also that's the risk that these networks take where, you know, it's, it, including we're talking about high stakes basketball now, like he's probably he's in tune nice. to the game and you're asking him to do like this whole like interview while he's trying to coach up his team in the middle of the playoffs. Like that's the risk you run. You're going to get an intense reaction sometimes. And I don't think they should apologize for it. Like I always think it's weird when, you know, those post-game interviews they're literally still on the court or something crazy just happened. And they're, they're and to the player's credit, they handle it fairly well, but I'm just waiting on somebody to just catch them like and not in the best of moods or best of moments after exerting so much energy doing the activity. Hey, what do you think about all of this stuff that's going on like in the world? Like It, it yeah. always felt off-putting to me to ask them right after. They're still yeah, sweating. Gosh. They're literally yeah. sweating from the game to ask them all these existential questions about, you know, the world and conduct an interview about, man, I was just trying to play. Like, I don't know, man, like that's, that's what I'm fully expecting. One day
3: we were, we were doing that in, especially in 2016 in the NFL. And when I was covering the dolphins where the dolphins were one of the teams at the forefront of kneeling during the national anthem at a time when it wasn't so uh, accepted as it is now. And these guys would just be changing out of their clothes from this three hour game. And you're then asking them to completely switch gears and start thinking about major societal issues and why they took this stand before the game that could alter their future earnings and their life in general going forward. Well, You've seen Durant. I mean, he's that's his specialty. But, I mean, you saw him break bad with, uh, what was it, Barkley, where he was just giving one-word answers to the TNT
2: crew? No. In Katie's defense, the questions weren't great. But, yes, he could have tried a little bit harder. He could have tried it all, I think. Yes, he could have tried at all.
3: Russ, you want to hear what we missed today on our, a very good show with our guest, Cam Ellis? Yes, yes, sir. Steph Curry is about to become the first NBA player to sign multiple $200 million contracts this summer. Uh, Damian Lill- is Damian Lillard your favorite player, Russ? I know he's one here. Is he your number one favorite player in the game right now? Yes. Damian Lillard scored how many points last night? I didn't get to watch the game, bro. Still lost. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know he's your
1: favorite guy. That doesn't. Many, I have a job. How many points did Damian Lillard score last night, Tony? Help him. Uh, i did watch it. They were getting blown out. By the time I started paying attention, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." Okay, thanks a lot for your help. He is signed. Uh, he's signed through 2024,
3: 2025. Russ, they've been to the Western Conference Finals once and got swept. Are you going
2: to be happy for him at the end of this? At the end of his like career? Yeah. Yes, because I can appreciate the career. And the player, even if he didn't, like, I'm not one of those. Oh, he didn't win. Like, I don't buy into that nonsense, but he didn't, he didn't do any, he hasn't done any meaningful winning in the playoffs.
3: I can't picture Portland being a big free agent destination for guys. Are you going to be frustrated that a guy who's so talented and a guy that you like so much it would look like is going to get to the, the next few years here and get to the end without any major winning? I mean he's
2: not I it's I I look at it differently cuz I'm just like he's not the G, he's not the GM right he doesn't put that team together and I think at the end of the day Dame looks at it and says look I I can only be the best version of Dame as like this Hall of Fame level player um and he has CJ McCollum but you look around at the landscape of basketball everybody else is doing more things than just putting two superstars together. Like you have to do a lot more around that. So yeah, but the players
3: are the ones doing it. The players kind of are the GMs on these teams. Like, are you going to be frustrated with Damian Lillard that he stayed in Portland all these years and didn't go form
2: a super team in Miami or LA or wherever, New York upset? No. Um, I think that's a player's personal choice. Like D Rose, when D Rose wasn't really on the huge on the recruiting train. Uh, I know he did a little bit, but not like, Uh, Other players do, but I wasn't upset with D-Rose because the Bulls didn't win because I don't think that's his responsibility all the time. (laughs) I know Tony was. (laughs)
3: 42 points in 42 minutes, by the way, for Damian Lillard in that loss to the Nuggets blowout loss. Uh, Phil Mickelson, speaking of uh, old people news, oldest golfer ever to win a major at almost 51 years old, won the PGA Championship. Uh, Nelly, since we were talking about him earlier, his real name is Cornell Haynes Jr. Did you know that? I did. You did? And a cow attacked and killed a 76-year-old woman in Houston this week. I didn't know that cows attacked people.
2: What I've noticed about uh, the just-missed list, there's always going to be something about a wild animal doing something crazy that ends it for you.
3: Well, I actually have one more that's also about animals. Uh, My kids got some caterpillars. Apparently, they couldn't just go find some out in the world. I feel like they'd be everywhere. But you order caterpillars through the mail. You put them in this contraption, like this net, and you study them as they become butterflies. And they have five of them, and they named them. Would you like to hear what the names are?
2: Yes, please.
3: Tater Tot, Lady Constance, M20, Alexander Hamilton, and Tony Gill.
4: Hey, there we go.
2: So, all right, so here's my question now, because I have, have so do they look alike, or do they know?
3: They all look like caterpillars. The kids have no idea which one is which. Okay. That was just
2: my. <laughs> I just wanted to know that part.
3: Thank you everybody for listening to us. We love having you listen, uh, listen to the show, download it, share it with your friends. You can subscribe on iTunes and other platforms to get this regularly on Thursday mornings. Uh, rate us, give us a rating, tweet us, definitely tweet us your feedback. We will circle back to some of these topics and other topics we've covered throughout the past couple months. months. Uh, if you tweet us interesting or funny things we'd love to incorporate our listeners more into the show
2: email we, sports adjacent at gmail.com comments concerns questions the whole shebang
3: i don't know if anyone that listens to podcasts if you're making like a uh, what's the what's the chart with two circles and they overlap is it a venn diagram diagram yeah i don't know if the circle that says listens to podcasts overlaps at all with the circle that says uses email still
4: do you guys get emails from fans do people reach out to you
2: we've gotten a couple. Yeah. I think that couple he means. Just work. promote it. We should promote it more. But
3: sure, <laughs> we should promote it more. He's right.
1: <laughs> Alright, see you guys next Thursday. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
2: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just
0: stop by. Granger. For the ones, to get it done.